Hello and welcome everybody into another episode of Spartan Red Zone here on WDBM East Lansing. I'm Matt Merrifield in the studio again on this cold and rainy Very Friday rainy. here. First day of December, JDC, December 1st. It's Christmas time Christmas officially. Time. Uh, Michigan State football season is over. I am with Jada Coster here in the studios. Um, Michigan State football season is officially over. Everyone's saying thank God, I guess. Thank God. It's finally over. But... but I'm, somehow I'm more excited right now than I was oh, like three weeks too. ago because um, for those that may have missed it in the last week, um, obviously se- seven days ago we were in the Motor City for Michigan State, Penn State, which feels like an eternity ago because mm-hmm. on Saturday and into the moving next couple of days early in this week, Jonathan Smith, the former coach of Oregon State, had was named the 26th head coach in the history of Michigan State football. I think this is the best hire Michigan State could have made in I this agree. portal. I mean, Jay, we can start with that and just kind of your yeah. thoughts on Michigan State's hire. No, I, I, he was the number one guy on my board. Obviously, Urban Meyer was a pipe dream that wasn't going to happen. He would have been my number one, but the most realistic candidate, number one, was Jonathan Smith. This is a guy that was at Oregon State for the last, I believe he was hired in 2017 by them, and he's had a good run with them over the last three years. I think it was 25 and 13, I believe, and at home. Very, very, very good. Um, he made Corvallis into one of the most tougher, one of the more tougher environments in college football, and I'm really, I'm really excited, especially that he runs a pro style offense. He loves to run the football. He's made uh, their offensive line into one of the best in the FBS. So I'm ecstatic about this hire. I think he'll do a very, very good job here. And my only concerns is he doesn't really have any ties to the Midwest, and you know, obviously you need Mid- Midwest recruiting. So he's he's only really coached in out west which whether it's washington oregon state um so you know he's a pasadena kid he's never really he doesn't really have any midwest ties here but i'm i'm optimistic about this hire i i like him a lot so far so yeah it'll be interesting to see because college football obviously is transitioning to into it's not so much a regional sport anymore with the oregon washington usd and ucla coming to the big 10 next year so he's familiar with Mm -hmm. part of the conference already and It'll be interesting to see how those schools, as it is, recruit and try and transition into playing Big Ten football, quote-unquote, but is that mm-hmm. the, even the same thing anymore? Obviously, the SEC is dealing with that, adding some of the Big 12 schools, um, and we're just going into a new era of college football. But I think his style of play is perfect for Big Ten football. Oregon loves to run the football. Uh, mm-hmm. They still run that pro style. It's still a creative offense. They still try to be creative. They have plenty of weapons on the outside. And I think it'll work. I think it's going to take some time. Uh, we can talk about some of the transfers. I mean, it's it's super early. This is the time of year. Right now, the very beginning of the offseason, and I mean, for some teams, still they have their bowl games left to play. But uh, in this first week, everybody enters, and nobody's committing yet. So we don't know actually what Michigan State's bringing in. We just see what Michigan State's losing. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a lot. Uh, we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But for my first couple takes on Jonathan Smith, seeing him interact, obviously we went to both were at the presser on, mm-hmm. that was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was at the basketball game Tuesday night. Um, he carries himself very differently from Mel Tucker. He's and a very laid back he, guy. He's a very laid back, very quiet guy. And he, he's like a polar opposite to Mel Tucker, which I think Alan right. Howler likes. Because Alan Howler, some people might not remember, Alan Howler did not hire Mel Tucker. Yeah, that, that was, was uh, Bill Be- Beekman. Bill Beekman made that hire in the February of 2020. Alan Howler came in in September of 2021, my freshman yeah, year, I believe. That was sounds he, about right, yeah. Um, when he, he became athletic director, and he's had home run hires in every sport so far. Yeah. Um, Adam Nightingale. Uh, Hostler. Coach, Coach Johnson in volleyball. Hostler at soccer. Um, so he's done a great job uh, hiring a bunch of different sports. Um, so no reason to believe. Now, this is the big one, right? Fo- hiring the head football coach is the big one. Um 
and can he make that hire? He said that he hopes this is the last hire he has to make for Michigan State um, for any sport, I believe is how he like how he intended that to come out. And I mean, as of right now, that could very well be the case. Um, yeah. But I mean, so I because I think honestly right now, the only sport that isn't doing very well that didn't have a good year, at least in the fall sports was Michigan State football. Um, everybody else had somewhat successful seasons or promising seasons. Uh, but for Jonathan Smith, he seems very laid back. Um, I, I don't know. His personality is a little different just from talking to him. He seems like a very nice guy. Um, everybody he's very, is, he's just a very quiet just guy got, that wants to go puts his head put his head down and right. go work, I feel like. And, and I thought of something that was interesting that Alan Haller was talking about the presser when he had his little side availability mm-hmm. was he was when he was interviewing Jonathan Smith, he was telling him about all the resources the school has. And this football, I mean, for being a basketball school, quote unquote, Michigan State has a lot of resources and a lot of fan support compared to Kansas, Kentucky, Duke even North Carolina, like those schools are true basketball schools where it doesn't feel like even when they are good at football, like Michigan State, when it's good at football, even when it's not like Spartan Stadium's always full. Like mm-hmm. people really do care about this team and care about all the athletics here. Um, so just kind of explaining some of the resources that Jonathan Smith will have, the assistants and stuff like that. And Jonathan Smith made the comment of, I don't need all that. Like that's more than I need. So I'm interested to see if how he just, you know, coming from Oregon State, who's has been hasn't been to a Rose Bowl since the '60s. Uh, went to the Fiesta Bowl in 2000. That was the last time they played in a major bowl game. Um, so just I, he did a great job at Oregon State. I'm very excited. Uh, his rebuild at Oregon State was a slow one. I think the one in East Lansing can be quicker simply because it's Michigan State and there are the resources in place. And I still think there's talent on this football team um, to make this team somewhat successful. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think the schedule is that tough next year besides Oregon, Ohio State, and Michigan. Um, so, uh, I mean, I know it's super early, Jay, uh, but kind of what are your expectations? How do you see the next couple of years, even not just next year, but moving forward for Jonathan Smith? I think I think if he lands the right chances, I think if he recruits right away, um, I could see this thing in turnaround real quick. I mean, you're seeing the staff he's already brought in. Uh, Jim might, what's, how do you pronounce It's a Polish name, I believe. Yeah. I can't remember. He's I don't know the uh, offensive line head. coach for Oregon State that uh, followed Jonathan Smith over to Michigan State. And this is a guy that's one of the best online coaches in the country. Um, you saw what Oregon State's O-line was last year and their ability to run the football. I'm excited about that hire already. Um, some of the staff he's already brought in um, includes him and also Brian Lingren, the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. We'll see how that goes. Um, but, I mean, I think this could turn around real quickly. We'll see, I mean, in this new era, the transfer portal, I mean, you're able to go get guys, bring them in right away, and you know, kind of turn around a program real quickly. And if he's able to recruit well in the Midwest, I think – this can definitely turn like probably not next year, but twenty twenty five. This could maybe we could see an eight, eight and four football team. Well, we'll have to see. So yeah, I think it'll be interesting too to see if I almost asked him this at uh, media availability, but it was an absolute swamp of yeah. everybody was there of. Um, and I know it's super early, so we probably didn't even have an answer yet of how he plans to even incorporate West Coast recruiting if he can still keep those ties because he brought over a lot of his assistants from the area now. Courtney Hawkins. Um, is staying on the wide receiver yep. coach from Michigan State, which is huge because yep. Nick Marsh, uh, the four-star wide receiver He's, from, I can't remember where he is, um, from Downriver, Detroit. Um, but down, I can't remember what high school he goes to off the top of my head. Uh, four-star, highly touted recruit, was uncom- uncommitted to Michigan State, but is, or I know he uncommitted back in the summer um, and recommitted, like obviously with the new change of coaching staff, there was question uh-huh. marks on whether he would stay. Um, he has been locked in. That was like one of the things that came out like Wednesday afternoon is he is staying in East Lansing, um, or he's going to be in East Lansing come January after mm-hmm. his early signing period. Uh, a four-star running back uh, that 
I think his name is Anthony Carey, I believe, that, that from the East Coast. Right, yeah. He uncommitted to Michigan State. He is recommitted after Michigan State and the new coaching staff has reached out to him. That's big. Uh, there was a there's a four star tight end that's committed to Louisville right now that was re offered by Michigan State. Uh, Masunas, I believe, is his last name. Uh, he was reoffered, I think, yesterday, and he like tweeted about it. Now that doesn't mean Michigan State's going to go get him. He is committed to Louisville, but still, the fact that they're going out and trying to hit some players early in the recruiting portal. Uh, Michigan or Oregon State has a great history of tight ends under Jonathan Smith. Luke yep. Musgrave, the tight end at yep. Oregon State, I believe he won the Mackey two years ago. Um, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. He's now with the Packers now. He is now with the Packers. Uh, gross, but <laughs> a very talented tight end, and I mean. Guy like Malik Carr is expected to stay in East Lansing, which is which is huge because I mean you saw the kind of the year he had the end of the year he had last year. I mean he's able to be a kind of a weapon for this team, um, and we'll have to see. But he, I mean you saw what he did in the Indiana game. He's able to stretch the field and uh, make some big plays for this offense. So whoever that quarterback is is going to be liking Malik Carr a lot next year. So yeah, I mean as of right now, I'm going to try and pull up the number of transfers that we've. Yeah, I mean, seen. obviously, all three of the quarterbacks are gone. Noah Kim is gone. Uh, Levitt and uh, Caden Hauser all announced their decision to go in the transfer portal. So we saw a report yesterday. I mean, who knows if this is true or not, but Dante Moore obviously is transferred out of UCLA. Uh, someone said, uh, keep an eye on Michigan State, maybe to land him. So, I mean, w- what would you think of Dante Moore? Yeah, there's a lot of talent. I, I, I'd like to see me struggle at UCLA this yeah. year, um, but yeah, I don't think UCLA was that great of a football team. Maybe a new fresh start here. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting because he's also linked to a school like Oregon, which highly recruited him, and a lot of people thought he might go there over Michigan State before he inevitably went to UCLA. Um, But I think the interesting is DJU at Oregon State entered the transfer portal. Now, I'd rather have Dante more than DJU. He's younger. Uh, I think he's a more talented quarterback. We've we've seen what DJU can do, and he's not a bad quarterback, but I think Dante Moore is a higher ceiling, and Michigan State's not looking to compete next year. But both have Mm -hmm. been linked to Oregon. One of only one of them is going to go there. Obviously, in Oregon, might not even need a quarterback. Bo Nix uh, playing. He's, he's got two, maybe three games left in an Oregon uniform tonight against Washington, uh, and then bowl game slash college football playoff depending on how tonight goes. So obviously, they have Ty Thompson as their backup, who's been good. Will they go try and go get a Cam Ward, who is entering the transfer portal? Obviously, he's drawn a lot of interest. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. A lot of options. We know Sam Levitt is not coming back because Jonathan Smith did say that some of the players that entered like is more so allowing them to have the opportunity to try and find a fresh new start if they don't want to come back. Now, I'm, I'm sure he still has to re-offer those players, but I'm sure some of the guys that entered will be re-offered. Um, so it'll be interesting, but Sam Levitt's not coming back. Uh, it's kind of weird with Sam Levitt. He said, like, I mean, because Jonathan Smith initially didn't recruit him when he was at Oregon State, and... Levitt kind of took that personally, said he's like, quote-unquote, done with them. So it was yeah. just a little strange. Yeah, but. it was a strange. And I, I I get both sides yeah. of it. Obviously, you know, that was only a year ago. It's not – and, oh, you know, mm-hmm. now the coaching staff wants me. Um, so we'll see. Uh, best of luck to Sam Levitt. Best of luck to Caten yeah. Hauser. Best of luck to Noah Kim as well. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for Noah Kim, especially because he was the starter to start the year. I – I personally think Michigan State was better off with him at quarterback. I think he was better than Kate Hauser. I think there's a reason he started the year. Um, so I hope he finds and can land somewhere. I think Noah Kim can land somewhere. Um, it might be a group of five school, but I think he can be a very formidable starting quarterback mm-hmm. um, in the Big Ten, or not in the Big Ten, but at a group of five school next year. Um, Nathan Carter has not entered the portal, which is big. Yeah, That's definitely. huge. Jordan Hall has not entered the portal. That, I think, is the biggest. Um, Jaden Mangum has not entered. Chance Rucker has not entered. 
uh, all the young guys, uh, like a lot of the young talent that we were kind of sitting here and saying, please don't enter. Like they were like the bright spots this year for a four and eight football team have not entered the portal. So I think that's the biggest takeaway is um, this coaching staff has done a good job of prioritizing some of the top talent. A lot of the wide receivers have entered the portal, uh, which is interesting, especially because Courtney Hawkins is sticking around. Um, but I imagine a guy like Jerron Glover, especially as young as he is. Glover kind of hurt a little, Glover just a little bit. Glover hurts Fitzpatrick, but Fitzpatrick's older because he transferred in from Louisville a couple years ago. He's hey, been on the he, team for a long time. Yeah. This is, that was his uh, third year, I believe, on the team, right? Yeah. And so. uh I think Montori Foster has not entered the portal. He has another year left if he wants to use his COVID year. Uh, I'm trying there's to think. Somebody else. Um, I know there's somebody else we're missing. But I mean, overall, yes, it seems like a lot has left, but it's still early. I think this team is going to do a good job of going in the portal. Um, the Oregon State hired their defensive coordinator, Coach Bray, to be yep. their head coach, which will be interesting to see how Jonathan Smith, if he's able to pull any players away from Oregon State, because there is that uncertainty of playing in the Pac-2 with Washington State. They're going to Mountain West now. So, so I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see. And obviously, everyone, Everyone's mentioned, all the, Spart- the Spartan fan base has always mentioned Aiden Chillis, uh, the highly touted freshman quarterback from Oregon State. I don't really see a scenario where he, I just don't see a scenario where he leaves. I mean, you know, social media, in this day of social media, he tweeted or he posted a picture on Instagram saying, you know, in his jersey and like with the song, like the saying, I'm not going to leave. So I don't Who know. Who knows? Yeah. Like, I mean, that doesn't really mean people, much. People, but. I think people look into the social media part of it too much. I mean, you could, people, I see Spartan Twitter stalking yeah. his, his Twitter likes. Like, stop it. Like, oh, he liked Jonathan Smith being hired. Of course he did. Yeah. Like, his head coach got a uh, a new head coaching job. Like, you need, I, I don't know. Angels would be a nice addition. Um, I, I think, yeah, I, I think it's Childs. I think Childs, it's, yeah. But yeah. Childs, Dante Charles. Moore. I mean, right now the team needs a quarterback. Um, so I take the ghost of Anthony Russo to come and coach, <laughs> to come and play quarterback. Um, anything at this point would be what this team needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I'm happy. Uh, I think it's going to be a good hire. Yeah. I think it's just going to take some time. Um, also, the the other uh, wide receiver that transferred was Tyrell Henry. Tyrell Henry was. Yeah, I knew we were missing one more. Yeah. So. Uh, so I mean, Tyrell Henry was. I mean, that that's also kind of a loss. I mean, he showed some flashes at the beginning of the season. I think, I think he played decent. So, yeah, we'll have to see. They're gonna have to recreate this, this wide receiver room. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. As of right now, kickoff for Michigan State is set for August thirty first against Florida Atlantic. Now that's a Saturday, that's and a and it's gonna be a Friday night game because the Friday before Labor Day. Um, so. I mean, imagine August 30th is our true countdown to kick off against Florida Atlantic and Tom Herman, um, yeah. former Texas head coach. Uh, then they go to College Park, take on Maryland Week 2, Louisiana. They host here in East Lansing. They go to Boston College. And then Ohio State, Oregon, Iowa, and Michigan all in a row. Um, and then they finish the year with Indiana at Illinois, Purdue, and Rutgers. So I think this team, I think the floor should be make a bowl game next year. Like, I think the schedule is easy enough. And I understand some of those middle-of-the-road uh, Big Ten teams, uh, Indiana just hired the head coach from James Madison yesterday. Uh, Purdue, they're trying to figure out. The second year trying, under, uh, he's the, I cannot remember his I name. I can't remember his name either. I know Jeff Brown left for Louisville. You yeah. have Illinois, who looked promising towards the end of the year yeah. um, with Bielema. Uh, and Greg Schiano, I mean, and they're, and Rutgers they're kind of getting tough. something going. So I, there's a lot of solid teams. I think the Big Ten is entering kind of, all of college football really is just with the new expanded playoff next year, um, the new expanded conferences. I mean, if you look at it, the Big Ten, Michigan, 
We don't know what's happening there with obviously ongoing investigation with the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Will Jim Harbaugh go to the NFL? They have a lot of talent leaving this year. Quorum's gone. I believe Roman Wilson's gone. J.J. McCarthy could be heading to the draft. That whole offensive line leaves, and I know they, they have so much depth. A lot of the defensive talent's leaving. Um, so just how do they navigate that? What is the punishment from the NCAA going to be if there is any? So they kind of have to navigate that. Ohio State, Ryan Day still has his job, and I would assume if he hadn't been fired yet, he is not getting fired unless he no. and A&M hired their head coach. I don't think Ryan Day is going anywhere. Maybe he gets some interest from the NFL. I don't see that happening. Um, so from that standpoint, but how do they replace Kyle McCord? Uh, they still have a lot of talent on that defense. Some of it's leaving like um, Tumulau, I think is how you say it, on JT. Uh, on their defensive yeah. line, obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. likely headed to the draft. Um trying to think who else is out there. Penn State, I think, is like has the most consistent returning because of Aller and the running backs are both both Allen and Cage and uh, Singleton are coming back. Um that defense is so good. Uh but then UCLA keeping Chip Kelly but not in the best spot as a program. USC had a underwhelming year. Caleb Williams is leaving. Um Oregon has to replace Bo Nix. And they obviously, after having a big year coming over the Pac-12, Washington has to replace Michael Penix. Um, so just a lot of new faces in the Big Ten. So it'll be interesting to see um, how the conference as a whole shapes up. And then, I mean, now, I mean, Jay, we can we've taken the last 17 minutes talking about Michigan State it's conference championship weekend. The college football playoff gets announced on Sunday afternoon. We'll be live on the Green and White Report. Myself with AJM's and Zach Sertenek. We'll be live on air when it's announced around 12.30. I know the selection show starts at noon on Sunday. Um, Green and White Pork goes from 11 to 1 on WDBM East Lansing. Um, but conference championships start tonight specifically, Jay. Two games. You have Liberty, New Mexico State at 7. And then on ABC at 8 o'clock, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Washington, boys, Oregon, Oregon for the Pac-12 title <sighs> and for it. And I don't see a scenario where this isn't for a spot in the college football playoff. Uh, it definitely is. I mean, you saw Washington, the, the year they've had, both of these teams. You see Oregon. I mean, we can get to the picks, I guess, right now. Oregon's a nine-point favorite. I'm going to take Oregon. Um, I mean, you saw you, you, they, lo- they lost a close one. Both teams played really well at Washington. Washington squeaked that one out. But, you know, Washington, I mean, almost beating, or almost losing to Washington State in the Apple Cup. I'm going to take Oregon in this game, minus the nine. That's a lot of points. I think Oregon on neutral site is better than Washington. Um, I think you've seen that over the last, kind of at the end of the year, they've Washington, or, uh, Oregon's been dominating their opponents. I'll take uh, Oregon, though. So, Yeah, I mean, both these teams have been on two different trajectories yeah. since they met. I mean, even since September, Washington has not won a game by more than 10 points. They've been playing it yeah. close all year. They've been finding ways to win, which is all that matters. They're 12-0, um, and a win gets them in the playoff. Oregon obviously has that one blemish, and they've been dominating pretty much everybody. They took care of business against Oregon State last Friday. Uh, I think having the extra day of rest is huge. Washington played Washington State on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Oregon hosted Oregon State last Friday night while we were at Ford Field. Um, So I think that there is a little bit of an advantage here having the extra day of prep before heading to Vegas. Um, Oregon Beat Oregon State 31-7, Arizona State 49-13, USC 36-27, 63-19, they beat Cal. Right. They blew out Utah on the road. Um, then they had they took care of business against Washington State 38-24 at home. They've just been, and even before the Washington game, they beat up on Stanford and Colorado 42-6. They've just been dominant. And I, 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 I don't, right now, there's one team in the country I think that can beat uh, Oregon. I think it's Georgia. Like right now, the, they have the, like the hypothetical line set for the college football playoff. 
And right now, Georgia would be a one-point favorite over Oregon in the eyes of Vegas, which I think I would take or I, would, or I would take Georgia in that situation. I just think they're a different animal. But Oregon would be favored against every other team in the country, including Michigan, including Ohio State. Um, I just think they're that good, and I think they get it done. I agree. I mean, you saw, you saw what Bo Nix, seen what Bo Nix is doing, and you know Bucky Irvin in, in that rushing attack. I think they got one of the best offenses in the country. So, give me Oregon. Do you take Oregon's nine point favorites in this one? Do you take them to cover the spread? I mean, you know, I think I am gonna I, I am gonna take them. That's really tough. That's a big spread, but I feel like Oregon has something to prove here. I feel like you know Washington's been kind of hanging by a thread here. I'm gonna go Oregon. I feel like they're going to be the tougher team. Yeah, I think it's uh, for just winning the game. I think Oregon does. It's tough to be a team twice in a season in college football, and Oregon's right. going to be hungry now in a neutral site. Yeah. Um, and I, I think they get it done. I forget what the number is. It's nine. I, I know. I know what the spread is. There's a stat I saw this week about teams, top five teams playing each other in conference championships, and the spread being as large as it is, being like a ten point spread, and um, or nine. I forget what the actual number is, but like. The team that's favored this heavily usually covers. Like usually, they take care of business. Um, right. And Oregon's got good history in the Pac-12 championship game. I think they take care of this one, and I think Bo Nix gets the win. Um, we'll talk about Heisman picks at the end of the show, Jay, because um, I think there's a conversation to be had there. Um, all right, New Mexico State taking on Liberty tonight uh, in the Conference USA Championship. Liberty twelve and 10 and a half point favorites. What just do you think, Liberty? completes a 13 and 0 season before heading into bowl. Uh I do. I mean this is one of the best group of five teams in the country how uh, that you know they they completing the perfect season. I'll take Liberty minus 10 and a half. That's a lot of points. Kind of skeptical about that, but I'll take Liberty. Give me Liberty or give me death. Oh wow. Yes, Jay. <laughs> yes. Um or New Mexico State had a weird year. They lost yeah. at Hawaii, which obviously is On the a, t- a tougher game than people give it credit. They played in week 0. Uh, against UMass, where they lost forty-one to thirty at home, they lost to Liberty back in tech- their third game of the season. But it was Week Two on September 9th. They lost at Liberty by sixteen, thirty-three, seventeen. Um, and since then, they've rattled off nine straight wins, if my math is correctly. So, um, or eight eight straight wins. They've rattled off eight straight wins, mm-hmm. um, which has been impressive. They beat Auburn on the road two weeks ago. It's been a much different team as of late. I still think Liberty takes care of business. And personally, I I want to see Liberty play in the New Year's Six. I think if there's a group of five to go, I think Liberty is the one deserving. Two Liberty or Tulane. Both Tulane. those teams are very high-powered. I mean, I mean, Tulane's good. They're 11-1, and and their only loss was at home to Ole Miss, who's obviously also a very good team and might be in a New Year's Six Bowl as well. Um, but I just want to see Liberty because I think they are better. I think head-to-head Liberty would beat Tulane. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see because I think it is just whoever's the higher-ranked team and. Liberty right now is 24, Tulane is 22. We'll get to Tulane. They play SMU on Saturday. We'll get to that pick in a few. Now moving into Saturday afternoon at noon uh, in the MAC Championship in the Motor City, Miami, Ohio takes on Toledo. This is also a rematch. Uh, Toledo took care of business. Uh, They beat Miami, Ohio 21-17 in Miami back in October you said, uh, can you repeat that final score again? Uh, it was 21-17 Toledo. Okay. And the spread is 7.5 um, in the Motor City. I think I think this is a close game. Uh, I'll take Miami-Ohio to cover. Uh, Jason Candell and Toledo, they're also a very good group of five team. But I like Miami to cover this game. Miami is a very, very solid football team. Um, yeah, give me Miami to cover. I will also take Miami to cover. Um, 
I, I, they might win this one. I mean, Toledo's a very good football team. They only lost game week one yeah. uh, to Illinois on the road, and they only lost that game yeah. on the last second field uh-huh. goal, and since then they've taken care of business against everybody. Miami's two losses are week one, they lost at Miami, Florida, and then they lost to Toledo at home by only, by, only by four. So I'm going to take Miami. It's going to be close. I think Toledo does win this one outright, though. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, also at noon on ABC in the Big 12 championship game, you have number 18, Oklahoma State, who clawed their way back against BYU last week to save their spot in the conference championship game. They're 15-point underdogs to the 11-1, number 7th-ranked Texas Longhorns, Jay. Both his teams are kind of fraudulent, especially Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's just a weird team. I they mean, are, you're down, they've had a very weird season. They, I mean, you lose to South Alabama 33-7, I believe, and then you're down like three touchdowns against BYU, and then they come back and win that game. Um, that's a lot of points. I'll, I'll take Oklahoma State for the cover. Um, I just Texas is kind of also, I mean, look, you go on the road and beat Bama, but you also barely beat Iowa State on the road. I'll take Oklahoma State for the cover. I like Texas to win this game, though. And obviously Texas, we've heard the argument. I can't yeah. wait for Sunday. Uh, maybe the arguments continue if all the teams take care of what they're supposed to take care of. If Bama, Oregon, Texas all win, we're in for a nightmare right. time of Kirk Herbster and Greg McElroy yeah. arguing about who should be in over who, um, which we can get to that argument in a second, even though I don't like hypotheticals. But Oklahoma State kind of had the path to the, this conference championship game all year. Obviously, they struggled and lost to South Alabama. They lost at Iowa State, and since then, they've only lost one game. They lost 45-3 to at UCF. Um, they had the luxury of playing all four new teams to the Big 12. Uh, they played UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston, um, which three of those four teams finished in the bottom four spots mm-hmm. uh, along with Baylor. Um, so none of those teams really were that good this year in the Big 12. But, man, someone feels this way where Oklahoma State, because people forget two years ago, Oklahoma State was number five in the country going mm-hmm. to conference championship game, and had they beaten Baylor, they, they would have they they gotten into the college football playoff. They were a yard away from getting and, in. Uh, that was one of the best conference championship games we've gotten in the last couple of years. I think Oklahoma State returns the favor. I think they cover, and I think they beat Texas. I think, I think they beat Texas. I think they beat Texas. I I. Texas has been. I mean, I know they beat the crap out of Texas Tech last week. Um, I just there's something about Oklahoma State. It's just like what Oklahoma State team are we going to get? Are we going to get the team that beat Oklahoma in the last Bedlam, or are we going to get the team that lost to South but, Alabama? But, but what and almost Tex- lost to BYU? But what Texas team are we going to get? Are we going to get the That's one that true. beat Bama and beat Texas Tech by fifty? Or almost lost to or, Iowa State. Or are we going to get the one that? Will, I mean, Oklahoma's a good football team, but. Played close against Houston. Played close against Kansas State. Went to overtime in that one. Played close at TCU. Um, we'll see. I mean, I know yeah. they've had injuries. Quinn Ewers is back and ready to roll. But we'll, we'll Texas see. also they've been in a lot of close games, except for the Texas Tech game. I mean, twenty nine twenty six over a bad right. TCU team. Uh, you know, a three point win over Kansas State at home. I mean, these are just some of these games are just like yeah. You know, at Houston you only win by a touchdown. A lot of close games for Texas here, and I feel like that can. Come back to bite them at some point. Yep. Now so. let's move into the three o'clock window in the Mountain West. Boise State <laughs> plays at UNLV. They'll be playing on top of the confetti of whoever won the Pac-12 the night before. This game is being played at the Death Star Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas because UNLV is the host. Um, yeah. It'll be thirteen hours, maybe uh, th- th- like thirteen hours will have passed since Oregon since the winner of the Pac-12 been decided and kickoff because this game is set for three p.m. on. Fox, 
Uh, in Las Vegas, there at yeah, the Death so, Star. yeah, I don't. I feel <laughs> for the stadium workers in Las Vegas this weekend. But Boise State, two and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, Boise State went seven and five this year. UNLV went nine and three. Give me the Fighting Ricky Whites. Oh wow! I'll take UNLV. Um, this is a very very resurgent team this year. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, UNLV. The ghost of Jacoby Women yes, at UNLV. That's right. Um, UNLV nine and three this year. Lost to Michigan thirty five seven in week two. Lost to Fresno State on the road in October 24-31. And then lost last weekend at home 37-31 to San Jose State. So they didn't even know if they were going to get into the conference championship game. The computers had to run the numbers on all the tiebreakers. Uh, Boise State went 7-5. and five. They lost to Washington and UCF to open the season at Memphis at Colorado State by one, and then also lost to Fresno State. So both these teams lost to Fresno State. So I think they the Bulldogs should be the de facto <laughs> winner of the conference. But they did write off wins against New Mexico, Utah State, and Air Force um, to make it to the conference championship game. I don't – I'm going to take mm-hmm. – I'm going to take Boise. I think they're favored in this game for a reason. Um, and I thought UNLV was going to take care of business last week against San Jose State, and they didn't. Um, so give me the Broncos to – so Fresno State. Field. So I just looked. I had no idea how the Mountain West went this year. There was a three-way tie weird, first. Yeah. San Jose State also went six and two. At finished the regular season seven and five. You had Air Force and Wyoming at five and three. Fresno State, who beat both teams playing tomorrow, uh-huh. went four and four. That's like, that's so they, weird. Like, that's like just the conference was just everybody beat up on each other. I mean, it made for entertaining football um, for those of you that watched any Mountain West football this year. Uh, now let's move into the SEC championship game. Number one, Georgia with yes. the winning streak. I don't even know what it's at at this point. They went 12 it's and 0 this year. 20 something. I mean, they're on the verge it might of be history. 30. I think it might be 30. 30 something. It's, um, it's something crazy. Uh, taking on Alabama, 11 and one, number eight in the country. Um, the miracle at Jordan Hare. Uh, I know that's not what they're calling fourth it. Fourth and 20 something. Fourth and, and fourth just lies in a dime in the corner of the end zone. Why hit a QB spy on that play? It's I don't ridiculous. know. He rushed three. And had a QB spies. You had seven in coverage. I I don't know. Uh, but hey, um, shout Jalen Miller for completing that pass. Bama wins at Auburn, 27-24. Bulldogs six or Bulldogs are five and a half point favorites on Bama in the Superdome or whatever or Mercedes Benz or whatever yeah, the hell they call it in Atlanta. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Georgia. I just I feel Georgia's on the verge of history here. I mean, they're still playing really good football. I mean, going at the Iron Bowl is tough. I, at the Iron Bowl, um, or at Auburn, I should say, and th- those games are usually tough. And Bama played, you know, Bama almost lost that game. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Georgia here. Um, gr- great analysis by me, but I'm gonna lean Georgia. I'm gonna go Bama to cover the five and a half. But I think Georgia wins this one. Um, number one, I want them to win because that saves a lot of headaches for the college football playoff committee. Because yeah. if Georgia wins or Bama wins. Do you put Bama in? Because a um, little fun fact: never before has a team outside the top six going into this going to conference championship weekend ever made the college right. football playoff. So Texas and Bama are both sitting outside at seven and eight, and both are very much in the mix. We have Ohio State at number six, but they obviously don't play this weekend. The rest of the teams in the top four do play. Um, I think Bama covers, but I think it's going to be a great football game. I'm very excited. Um, it'll be the last game we get to watch before we go play Broomball against the State News and other media outlets right. um, at Mon Ice Arena at 9.30 on wait. Saturday. If anybody's interested in coming out and watching us wipe the floor um, like we do every year, <laughs> JDC, 
It's going to be our starting right winger. Um, starting right winger. I'm going to be uh, starting center. Um, Zach Sardonic in goal for the impact group. He's in goal. That's he wants to be in goal. He wants to go 3-0 and at goalie, um, I, which I give him props Where's for. Where's AJ? Is AJ on defense? He's splitting, well, he's splitting the game. Oh, he yeah, that's right. That's, he's a, that's, a, that's a topic tre- for another day. Treason. We love you, AJ. But. We, yeah, but except we don't tomorrow. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I'm excited because other games I want to watch this weekend, the Georgia-Bama game is the last one that I'm like, I need to be in front of the TV because right. the night games are somewhat suspect. Uh, also at 4 o'clock on ABC, the American uh, Conference Championship game, SMU takes on Tulane. Tulane, three-point favorites. Is that at the, Tulane? I believe so, American, yeah. I'm going to go Tulane here. Uh, SMU doesn't. SMU doesn't have Taylor Mordecai in this game, right? They're they're rolling with their backup quarterback in this game, if I'm correct. Uh, well, Tanner Mordecai is at Wisconsin, but uh, okay. Preston Stone but is he, he's out. Kevin Jennings, Stone, yeah. So yes, they also do not have Tanner Mordecai. Um, yeah, uh, I'll take Tulane um, at home. Uh, SMU with their backup quarterback. I will lean Tulane in this spot. Yeah, give me the Green Wave minus three. I think they more than take care of business in this one. Um, I think they're a backup quarterback. Tulane took care of business against uh, UTSA right. last week. Didn't even play that well offensively, um, and they still got it done at home. I think they do it again. Four o'clock on ESPN, the Sun Belt Championship, Troy and App State. No James Madison because it's a fraudulent conference. Um, but Troy, five-point favorites over the Mountaineers. Um, I'll take I'll take Troy minus five and a half. So. I'm gonna take you. I'm gonna take an App State to cover. Okay. I think Troy wins, but I think App State um, keeps it close. They played close. North Carolina went double overtimes in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, they've never lost by more than a score. The biggest loss was by seven to Old Dominion back in October, and they haven't lost since. They've won five straight. Uh, they also beat James Madison on the road. Um, they've played really good football lately. I think they keep it close. All right, eight o'clock on ABC. Louisville, number fourteen in the country. Losing, they lost to Kentucky last week. Takes on a twelve and zero Florida State team that might be down to their third string quarterback because Roadmaker has a concussion and might not be good to go. I, I don't know, man. Like Louisville losing at losing to Kentucky at home, it barely beat Miami, uh, barely beat Virginia. This is a just a weird team, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take Louisville in this game. I mean, Jordan Travis obviously out for the season. They're down to their third string quarterback. Uh, going at the swamp and taking care of business like they did was kind of impressive, even though Florida's not a very good team. But I'll take Louisville in this game in the ACC championship. Yeah, Florida State has been a little – they were a little shaky last week. They were able to pull it out um, thanks to Florida being one of the most undisciplined football teams in all of college yeah, football. Uh, but, I mean, they're down to their third-string quarterback, which is either A.J. Duffy or Brock Glenn. Brock Glenn was the player that finished the game against Florida State last week. He threw one – or against Florida – through one pass, um, I don't know. I'm going to take Louisville. The line's down to one and a half. I'm going to take Louisville so to cover weird. and I win. I could easily see Florida State and uh, winning by two touchdowns. I, I also see do. them winning this game, partly because it solves another set of headaches for the college football playoff because right. there, some, some, some people don't think Florida State should be in regardless of what they do because they aren't fully healthy. Um I don't know how I feel about that. I didn't think Florida State was one of the top four teams in the country before Jordan Travis got hurt. Um, I still don't feel that way, obviously, now with him not being there. Uh, but if they win, you kind of have to put him in, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but we're both going Louisville. And then the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis, 8 o'clock on God. Fox. Jeez. Number 
to Michigan after their win against the Buckeyes last week in their third straight. Take on a 10 and 2 Iowa team, Jay. Yeah, give me Michigan minus the 22 and a half. Uh, I don't see any scenario how Iowa scores, po- scores points here. I mean, they've been doing it all season. They've been winning by by a field goal. Feels like every game. Uh, yeah, give me Michigan. So it's just it's weird because Iowa plays great defense. They just can't score. So uh, I'm gonna take Iowa to cover. Really? I think I'm gonna take them to cover. I think it's like a 21-3 final. Like because I think that Iowa defense is really good really as long good, as Cooper yeah, DeGene's but... healthy. Um, but I think. I don't know. I just Michigan. I don't know. Like JJ McCarthy has not done much. I mean, their run game hasn't been that great. Truthfully, I mean, I think this is going to be a super low scoring game. The t- over under total is thirty five. Um, you take the under? No. I guess I yes. If it's going to be twenty one to three, I don't know. Um, who knows? This game's going to be so ugly. I'm going to be wearing my Caitlin Clark shirt tomorrow night to rep- <laughs> to, to show some. Um, <laughs> That's right. But we'll see. Um, but we'll I, just, I don't know. I feel like the team that I mean, Michigan's been playing so well. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you you barely beat Ohio State that had Kyle McCord, but I just think I think you roll over uh, Iowa and then, you know, try to secure a spot in one or two in the college football playoffs. So we'll see. Um, we'll see if Michigan get that one seed if, um, if Georgia loses. So we'll have to see. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, We're going to talk about Army-Navy. Is that for next week? We can save it for next week. Um, <laughs> the troops. The Shout troops. out Zach Slog. Yes, we love the troops. Um, let's see. Last thing I want to get to is college football playoff, Jay. Right now, the top four are Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, with Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, and Alabama being the four on the outside and still looking in. I think there are still eight teams in play to be in the playoff come Sunday afternoon. Yeah, obviously. Who's if, your, who is in your Georgia playoff? and Michigan win, which I think they will. I, I got Oregon winning, so slot out Washington for Oregon, and then Florida State. And we've talked about, you know, if they're if they're health, if they're you know they're not healthy, then we don't know if they're a playoff team or not. I I still think you should put them in, even though if they take care of business against Louisville, uh, Texas. Look, if they take care of business against Oklahoma State, we'll see. I got Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and. Uh, who do, you, who do you got the number four spot? That's tough right now for me. Uh, you said Georgia, Michigan, Oregon were your top three? Yeah, Georgia, Michigan, uh, Georgia, uh, Michigan, Oregon. I still have not really decided you, that it, four spot. You have Florida State losing, correct? Yeah. So it would be down to Texas or Ohio State? <sighs> or even Washington? Uh, that's tough. I'm going to go... Oh, man. I'm going to go Ohio State. I think they can oh, get in. Yo, I give me the chaos oh, scenario. If I really don't want that to happen, no. I mean, <laughs> I, all I all I care about is, and I, I'd prefer it to be Oregon, but even if it is Washington in some nightmare scenario in my head, if it's Oregon, Michigan in the Rose Bowl, I'm happy. That's all yeah. I want. That's really all I want. I want the last true Rose Bowl. Even though it's not even a true Rose Bowl because it's a playoff game, but. The last like set of bowl games, because bowl games get all weird next year because of the playoff. Oregon, Michigan, Big Ten, Pac-12 in the playoff, I think, in the Rose Bowl. And then you'll have Georgia playing in the Sugar Bowl against either Texas, Florida State, or Oregon, or Ohio State. Um, my playoff, I think Georgia's one. Michigan will be two. Mm-hmm. Oregon will be three. 
I think Texas gets in. Really? I think Texas is the four. I think if they win, um, it's going to be weird. And that's the thing I don't understand is right now you have Bama. Everybody's arguing between Texas, Bama, and Oregon as the top one loss teams because um, you have all of them at the potential to win conference championship. All right, my uh, here's my question. If Bama wins, are they in? Yes, I believe Even so. Even if Texas wins. Texas wins. Because you'd have a 12, two 12 and one conference champions. Texas won in Tuscaloosa back in uh, September. But te- Bama also just beat number one Georgia. Oh, uh, man. That's and then, so tough. And then do you put Georgia in still, even with their one loss? I think Georgia would be four. Okay. I still think Georgia's in regardless yeah, of what happens this week. I, I think yeah, the only team locked in. Um, it's just, uh, it, we're all debating on this four spot. I just see a scenario Ohio State gets in as that four uh, well, spot. I there's very much a realistic. Scenario. I don't want it either. I really don't. I I, I don't need Michigan Ohio State in the football, college football playoff. Again. I'm excited because regardless of what happens tomorrow and tonight, Saturday will be Sunday will be entertaining. Like they will yeah. actually be. There's no. It, depending on who wins, and who loses, there could be two spots that nobody knows who's getting them. There could be th- up to three. I think. Yeah, technically, could be up to three if Georgia loses. Actually, no, because if Georgia loses, the Pac-12 champion is for sure in. It, mm, I don't know. What like, about like, the chaos we, scenario? We, 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 don't, mean, we, we, we don't really don't know. Um, and that's, I mean, I guess that's the entertaining part. Uh, my last question for you, Jay, is, and I know you're not in the college football playoff many, do you think it should be the mo- four most deserving teams or the four best teams in college football in the playoff? Uh, I'm going to go with the four most deserving teams. Okay, so if Florida State wins, they're in. Yeah, because that's mostly unfortunately that, okay. Because that's mostly the argument people are using for Florida State is they're deserving, even though I don't think number one they've been one of the four best all year. Um, but right now it seems like the playoff committee is designing it for the four four best teams, which personally I like. Yeah, um, maybe it's just because it fits me because that's why Oregon's fifth because their strength of schedule and strength of record isn't quite as good. Their best win right now is they beat Oregon State. And then they won at Utah, who's not ranked, and everybody throws their arms up, acting like Oregon isn't dominating everybody they play. Um, and their one loss is a great lot. Nobody, nobody was beating Washington at home in that football game. Mm-hmm. Like, and so for my eyes, I think it should be the four best teams, um, and that's what I would like to see. Now people are arguing whether it should be one way or the other, um, but we'll see. I just feel like if Florida State wins there, like, do you, you think the committee still puts them That's in? Th- I, it just depends. Have... Like, if they beat Louisville by like twenty-one points, right. they're they're getting in. Yeah, it just it, they're going to be such a huge. It's going to be so it, bad. It, I mean, I, the, Florida the, State the, versus Georgia the, or whoever. The, I mean, it's going to be a yeah. These huge... solutions to just expand to eight for the year, but um, yeah, I, my, I agree. My last thing is uh, this is something I keep saying. My last thing. This is my very last thing. This was something we talked about in green and white. Um, that I just thought to ask you. Um, so because next year the playoffs going to 12 and there's a chance that Ohio State Michigan can meet now in the Big 10 championship game even though I don't think that scenario is very likely because there's so much with an 18 team conference you can't there's enough disparity in scheduling where there's going to be multiple teams with one loss and right. so it'll be interesting to see how tiebreakers play out but do you are you upset and do you think that the Michigan Ohio State game next year will have less meaning. I am kind of upset about that. To you be are upset about. It. I I I don't like that argument. I really? I I personally not a fan because it's Michigan Ohio State. It always it's rivalry means a lot. week. I mean like, that that it, game serves a purpose. You you can't like that game that just means less now. But like, it you doesn't. have to play each other two weeks in a row though. But it doesn't. I don't take it like away that. It's, it's the it's, game. It's always been the game. But the It'll game is always meant game. for just one game though. I don't need two. That okay. That argument I can get behind. I can support that versus. Um, 
Zach and AJ, or was it? It was Zach and Jack David last week that were trying to tell me that because both teams are in the playoff. Like if it was a twelve team playoff yeah. this year, both are in. That I don't agree with. Yeah, I don't I agree don't. from that. So like that doesn't take away from the fact that they are on the field now. If they're going to play again the next week, yes and no. Um, I mean Oregon Washington that didn't take away from their stakes back in. September but or yeah, back in October, played, and I know yeah. I know it's been six, seven weeks since they met, so the difference. But then again, at the same time, these two teams meet, and as long as we go into the game, like if if we go into the game, Michigan Ohio State on week twelve, and it's decided, no matter what happens, both are playing next week. Yes, that was disappointing. I don't like that, but I don't that I don't ever see that happening. There's enough good teams really? in the conference, and yes, I think there's enough overlap or lack of overlap. For that, for that, um, yeah, that is true. So, I just mean, like, and if it turns out, oh, the tiebreakers from the other games, they get to meet again, and it was a great football game, and now we get to see them again on a neutral site for the first time ever. I'm here for it, in my opinion. But I, I, so I don't know. Um, and I don't think it takes away from the game at all. Like, it's still Ohio State, Michigan. It's still rivalry week. Um, but we'll see. Um, uh, as of right now, Ohio State, Michigan are the top dogs in the Big Ten. I mean, for next year, and you got but, Washington, hey, Oregon, even though they lose a lot. Like, you know, yeah, they're, I think, they're going to be right we'll behind see. them, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody suggest on, I think it was 97-1 yesterday, that Michigan-Ohio State play week one. And I was like, that's a terrible Hell idea. That's, no. I'm like, that's a terrible idea. The like, one no. thing they would, th- it won't happen, all, but the one thing football. I think they should do is put the game in like October, like Michigan-Michigan State. I don't mind it being the last weekend of the year, um, but we'll see how they, I mean, obviously next year it is the last weekend, but we'll see how it all plays out. I highly doubt those two teams meet in the college, in the Big Ten championship game next year, um, and Make with the, the twelve Big Ten team playoff, much more worthy. With, with, the, with the twelve team playoff, are you upset because Ohio State and Alabama and Michigan even will make it every year? Because I've heard people say it's why expand it to twelve. The same teams will make it every year. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of upset about that. I mean, I just but Ohio State and Bama make it every year, anyways. Like I think yeah. Bama's missed it like what twice and. Kansas has made in college basketball. Michigan State's made it what twenty five years in a row. Something Kansas like that, has been yeah. thirty. Like the good teams go every year, and they should go every year. Like I don't see an issue with getting to see an expanded playoff of good football. That's <laughs> good, my I, thing, but the expanded playoff is a lot of fun. We'll um, see. I think it should be bigger. I think than it creates more parity in college football, and we've seen a lot of parity this year. I mean, this would be a great year for her to have the playoff expanded. Mm-hmm. So, but. You know, yeah. I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, I'm excited for this expanded playoff next year. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, this is what happens when I don't set a show sheet. Last thing, Heisman, Jay. Who is your Heisman? Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Everyone's saying Jane Daniels. I mean, Jane Daniels, who, who did he play last week? North Alabama? He played a He played Georgia State two weeks Georgia, ago. I'm sorry, yeah, Georgia State, and threw for seven touchdowns like in a cupcake week. I think Bo Nix is much more deserving. Throwing seven touchdowns in the first half against uh, Arizona State. Um and Arizona State is not a very good football team, but still, Bo Nix has, has made his case. Jay Niels is right behind him, but I would give the edge to Bo Nix, especially Nicks, if they win tonight. Right now, he has a full percentage point over Mac Jones for the highest completion percentage in the history of a single college football season. He's got mm-hmm. a 78% completion percentage. Um, Bo, or Mac Jones was at, finished at like 77.1. Yeah. Bo was at like 78.3 right now, I believe. Um, I... I I don't. I mean, yes, Jaden Daniels has an incredible season. Um, there's some of the arguments I've seen thrown out there about whether record matters or not. RG three went on air last week against Texas A&M and said all Jaden Daniels has to do is beat Texas A&M, and Jaden Daniels, who goes, who will finish the year nine and three, is your Heisman. That's crap. Because Bo Nix is eleven and one, could be twelve and one and win a Pac-12 title going to the college football playoff, and still has some of the best numbers in college football. Has been the most important player to his team. 
Uh, we'll and see. He has, and and Bonix has better wins. I mean, yeah, he played really well against at Washington and will the loss that game. Um, but I feel like he just has better I mean, wins and a better Pac-12. And, and, so. and, and, and the last month of the season, he's been untouchable. Yeah, like he's he's blowing out so, every single Pac-12 so team. So we'll so. we'll see. Um, I the only my only concern is as the Bonix leader of the propaganda club for Bonex. We have a picture right is, uh, to, there's, to Matt's there's left. There's a framed picture of Bonex to my left as I'm speaking. Is the Heisman bo- voting, like to enter your ballots, open this week? So the number of SEC-leaning right. voters um, could have already sent in their ballots before watching tonight. Hopefully they didn't. If they did their jobs correctly, they didn't send it in yet. Um, Better tune in to ABC tonight. But yeah, we'll see. If Bonex takes care of business, I, I, there's some people saying it's, I think Penix is still in it if he plays. I, I don't really don't think it should be Penix, but if he if he plays really well tonight and wins, I can see the argument. Um, I mean, you're seeing two two of the four players in New York are playing tonight. And then right. Jane Daniels will also be there, and I think Marvin Harrison Jr. will be number four. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Uh, that's going to do it for Spartan Red Zone here on WDBM. Thank you all for listening um, it was an eventful week of college football, especially in East Lansing, with the new hire of Jonathan Smith. Um, August 31st is when we'll get the first action, or August 30th. Fort Atlantic Owls. Against the Owls of Fort Atlantic. August cannot come soon enough. I'm already ready for the start of next football season, and the disaster that was this year just came to an end. It'll be exciting to see what players are coming in. Um, exciting weekend this weekend of conference championship football, the last mm-hmm. big weekend before we go into bowl season, the college football playoff, which gets announced Sunday. We'll be back. We'll, we'll make sure to do an episode, and at some point next week, Jay, you and I will get together and kind of recap. We're going to have a couple more episodes here, and then after the new year to kind of close out the season. If anything other, any, uh, anything else relevant happens in Michigan State football before we head into the summer, obviously Jay graduating, oh, man. emotional, but you know, can't believe it. Uh, we got you know we got another semester. It's been a great semester so far. We're going to yeah. close out strong as academic weapons. We're not leaving for a new Big Ten city every weekend now, so no. we can lock in. Um, for sure. But yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you can find Spartan Red Zone and all the Impact Sports podcasts and all the podcasts in general on WDBM, impact89fm.org slash sports um, for all the sports podcasts. Make sure to check out our sports stream. Uh, women's basketball plays on Sunday at 2 p.m. against Miami, Ohio. Ellie Cohen, Joe Dez on the call for that one. Uh, you can find all our Impact podcasts on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, and anywhere else you find your podcast, along with impact89fm.org slash sports. Thank you all for listening. This has been Spartan Red Zone on WDBM with Matt Merrifield and Jada Coster, and hope all of you enjoy your weekend of college football.